Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so inviting you there to enjoy it on us. That again, Free Talk Live. Dot com. Starting things out with a couple of school-related stories tonight. Mark, let's go uh, to the class- classroom first. Well, uh, it's sort of the classroom. I okay. Mean, it's Inside in- the classroom, because mine's in the cafeteria. So we'll start in the classroom. That's right. Um, from the Austin State- American Statesman, the uh, state director of science curriculum, has that's in Texas, has resigned after being accused of creating the appearance of bias against teaching intelligent design. Oh, okay. Yep. So cool. this is one of those states where they have to teach them both. Is that right? I, I get that impression. Okay. I, I'm certainly, I'm not uh, intimately aware right. with the science curriculum in, in Texas. Thank so goodness. That, so that way, uh, real scientists who understand that intelligent design is nothing but a bunch of religious hoopla bunk, uh, they have to pretend as though it's an actual theory. And I guess this guy uh, was about tired of pretending. Well, um, he's created an appear- accused of creating appearance against, uh, of a bias against, yes. Got it. Um, Comer was put on 30 days paid administrative leave shortly after she forwarded an email in late October announcing a presentation being given by Barbara Forrest, author of the Inside Creationism's Trojan Horse, a book that says creationist politics are behind the movement to get intelligent design theory in public schools. Forrest was also a key witness in the uh, Kitzmer versus Dover case concerning the introduction of intelligent design in a Pennsylvania school district. Comer set, um, sent the email several, um, to several individuals and in a few online communities saying, FYI. Uh, Eugenie Scott, executive director of the National Center, Center for Science Education, which sent the original email to Comer announcing the event, said Comer's situation seems to be a warning to agency employees. This uh, just underscores the politicization of science education in Texas, Scott said. In most states, the Department of Education takes a leadership role in fostering sound science education. Apparently, TEA employees are supposed to be kept in the closet and only let out to do the bidding of the board. Needless to say, this is uh, taking the science blogs by storm more at um, two of the you know favorite science blogs. So they uh, this person's decided to resign because of their... Well, no, I thought they were fired. No, they. they um, it said here the state directors uh, of science curriculum has resigned after being accused oh, okay. of creating the appearance oh, okay. of they were a biased against, and they were put on a 30-day uh, paid administrative leave. Which, gotcha. So know. they just said, "Screw it." Yeah, this isn't about science. I'm gone. Well, I I don't know why they're so surprised. I mean, it's government school. So they they there was a quote in there about how shocked they were that uh, you know all of a sudden silent, uh, science has become politicized. Well. Welcome to government schools. Of course it's politicized. It's a government school. Right. Everything is, uh, whether it be the science curriculum now to the health curriculum, is all political. And it's all based on one interest group trying to um, pull political weight with the school board or whoever it is that makes the decisions in these cases. And typically goes up as high as the school board. Uh, or in some cases the federal government, as we'll see here in a moment. But uh, it's all about pu- pulling weight and uh, you know greasing the right palms and having your friends get uh, get elected so they can push through your agenda. And your agenda in this case, or their agenda, is to you know on one side real science, on the other side this intelligent design nonsense. And the fact is that. The battle will never be over. Now, when I went to school, I was taught, um, you know, that that the world was created by God, and then they sort of... You went to Christian school. I did go to Christian school, and somehow I I managed to make it out just fine. 
Um, but I don't think that in a government school where everybody has to pay. You see, that's the thing is people that believe in intelligent design, they have to pay for government schools. And people that don't believe in intelligent design, myself, for instance, I have right. to pay for government schools. So I don't think that we should be – what it does is it pits two groups against each At other. And that's two. really – yeah, that's that's really the problem. We shouldn't have government schools in the first Absolutely place. Absolutely not. That's that would solve the problem immediately. Almost, you know, within a matter of weeks from ending government schooling, there would be a variety of different options uh, available in the marketplace for people to send their kids to. Whether it be a uh, a very devoutly religious school that teaches only intelligent design and nothing but intelligent design, and you know, uh, no sex education, none of the other. Icky well, we got things sex that, education. It wasn't very uh, thorough. I must say, but I walked away kind of knowing what was going on. Well, my point being that a religious family that wants to shield their children from certain things and expose them to other things There's would be allowed to... absolutely to, got to be Christian schools and all kinds of schools in this nation that don't teach sex education, period, um, simply because the parents don't want it. So they could have what they wanted, and then parents that are of a more secular nature, um, atheist parents and parents that aren't uh, interested in these, maybe just you know parents that just don't care about religion, uh, those parents could send their kids to a school that taught the values and taught the uh, the curriculum that they were looking for. You know, the fact is, Mark, we we really can have it all when it comes to education. We we really can have a uh, a, a wonderful marketplace with all kinds of different choices and options for us to send our kids to. But as long as the government stands in the way with its monopolistic uh, government school system, we're all going to be left the, out in the cold unless we happen to have a whole bunch of money to send our kids to private and school. And the teachers, right, because um, right, then you're paying for the, public, the, the government school and the private school for your kid. Now, the teachers have to teach to test currently with this no t- child left behind uh, thing, which th- they really don't like. And, and I have to, to some extent, I agree. I think that uh, a lot of the stuff that is easy to test for is really just useless crap that they teach kids, mm-hmm. like what a noun is. I, somehow I can communicate in English, and I don't need to know what a noun is. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a bad thing to know what a noun is. I, but I personally just don't think it. Uh, I don't think is, that it's bad. I just don't think it's particularly useful. Well, you're not in charge of the English department. What's that? You're not in charge of uh, the right. English department. I think that uh, look, teaching communication skills is far more important than teaching uh, parts of speech. And you know what? This exa- I, di- I might disagree or agree. I'm not really right. sure. I don't know a lot about uh, what is good and what is not. But I know that there are different people out there with different opinions on what is the best to teach to their kids. You think that certain things are better. Another group of people might think something uh, a completely different curriculum is better. And in the marketplace, you could try it out and see what worked best. And then whatever and worked what best was, would get the customers. That was what I was coming up to. Is cause think, of, think about all the advances we've seen in computers in the last 20 or 30 years. We've seen tremendous advances. I mean, to say that they, their memory capacity has what, increased by a hundredfold? I, I, I think that would be understanding it. Yeah, it, it's just incredible. And their processing speed and, and just the, the incredible um, increases in that arena. Now, I wouldn't expect to see the same sorts of increases in education, but I would expect real competition between schools to to bring America back to the number one educated uh, kids in the world. Absolutely. Because we're, we're down in the 50s right now. I mean, it's awful. Are you, America? The, the 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 superpower, you know, the nation that won World War II. I we sent somebody to the moon. We're number fifty for educating our kids, and it's all happened since the federal government that's has right. gotten involved in education. Yep, that's where I was going next. It just keeps getting worse. The more federal involvement there is, uh, again, the more centralized the curriculum becomes. 
it's better for kids and for education in general when things are more decentralized when teachers and you know decisions uh teachers are making decisions as far as what they're teaching in their classroom or at the highest level the highest level you know the department head or the school itself it shouldn't go any higher than that there shouldn't be any uh overarching bureaucracy defining what it is that kids should be learning who are they and why are they the experts why are they the people that we should look to to say oh yeah yeah we'll teach our kids that well who are you anyway there's all kinds of people out there with differing opinions as to what is uh and what should should not be taught in in school uh in school and only the marketplace allows those different options to really play out. It allows those uh, different paths to be taken and fully explored, and we can then discover what really is the most effective means. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone's always ever going to get to the point of agreeing and say, well, yeah, okay, this is the most effective means of teaching. There are always going to be people that are going to be you know, battling it out as far as making their point and saying, okay, my, my uh, method is more effective, here are the results, and then on the other side, there are going to be other people saying, well, my method's more effective, here are the results, and they'll be competing to get eyeballs in the classroom to get students in their classroom and uh, that's what we want in education instead of this federal government handing down diktats from on high about what is and what is not appropriate well if we have but if we have uh, marketplace uh, based schools what about the poor people? We can talk about that, and I'd love to hear from you as well at 800-259-9231. Not only should we get the federal government out of education, we should also get state governments out of education, as well as local governments out of education. It has no place in the classroom. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and dial-up version. We give them away, so tune in for free online anytime at freetalklive.com. Dot com. It is the perfect storm, the Free State Project, the most critical presidential election in living memory, and the New Hampshire primary. You know you're going to the Liberty Forum. You don't want to miss this critical moment in history. The time to register is now. The special low rate at the hotel ends this coming Monday. That's... Like, soon. Real soon. Uh, After that, the hotel rate will go up due to the incredible demand for rooms in New Hampshire before the primary. So if you want to get involved, you should do it this weekend. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Get you there. Learn more about the forum. Learn who's speaking. We're going to be there broadcasting live. You get all the details there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. And then punch in the code 2008FTL when you register if you want to save 10%. That's 2008 FTL to save 10% on the Liberty Forum. Once again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. 800-259-9231. Talking education to start things out tonight and how it's just, just not something that needs to be in the hands of the government. It needs to, and this is one of those things, Mark, that I think you and I completely agree on. Uh, we just need to take government out of schools entirely, leave it up to the marketplace to provide education, because when you bring competition in, service will improve, the product, and which is education, mm-hmm. the product will improve, Com- competition does these things, and it'll get cheaper. Instead of every single year getting more and more expensive, 
it'll get uh, more and more affordable, and there will be new, innovative ways to educate people that have never really been uh, necessarily explored before because of all the bureaucratic red tape that ties up the educational system. If you are a teacher... If you're a teacher, you know what this is all about. You know how bad it is. And I've talked to teachers before, and I I love getting stories from them as far as how just awful the bureaucracy is to, to try to navigate and, and try to do what you came there to do, and that is help young people learn. Well, when you're strangled by all of these uh, government regulations and, uh, again, bureaucratic just nonsense that goes on, it can be very, very frustrating. And many teachers, uh, they, they throw up their hands and they, they essentially they give up and they just end up following the rules because they aren't allowed to innovate. They might have come in thinking they could change the system from the inside with some new radical idea as to how to teach a certain subject. And then they get shut down by the department heads. They get shut down by the, the administration. Right, they they'll get have none of that down, radical crap. Right, by the school board. Nobody's allowed allowed to step outside of the box and try something different and it just it just stifles innovation it stifles creativity and that is resulting in our kids just not learning what they could be learning in fact look at the uh, what I, I think i read a number the other day that 700,000 kids a year in america graduate functionally illiterate, illiterate. functionally illiterate um, you know you may you may very well be able to sound out a word or you know know what a particular word means but if you can't de- decipher what a sentence means that that's what causes you to be functionally illiterate well even the ones that are literate that can actually write things man go and read some of the stuff these kids write go to myspace and go and look at you know the profile i was looking at a profile of a 19 year old the other day but my girlfriend julia was looking at it and uh, it was it was kind of hard to really comprehend and, and Even get what through. he was trying to put across yeah uh, what she was trying to put across she, oh. and then the weirdest thing was she was talking about herself she said she was talking about herself as though she were a child like a 19 year old person an adult theoretically an adult was calling herself a child hmm. now i don't know if they teach that in government schools but it's very very strange this and, and it really goes back to the idea that uh the way the system is set up, it prevents young people from maturing as fast as they might otherwise be able to mature. We sort of put them in this little uh, cocoon where they don't have to do anything with their lives until they finally get out of the school well, system. Well, they're all winners, too. They, um, uh, many yeah. school districts, not all of them, have uh, eliminated games where there are winners and losers. Yep, I've everybody, heard about that. Everybody gets a trophy for, uh, for participating and all that nonsense. Come on. <laughs> So it's just, it's hard to read what these kids write. They, I understand that it's like, you know, they're online, so maybe they don't think it's as important. But when you're spelling words that have a normal spelling without the letters that you're normally supposed to use, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, if you've read it, you know what I mean. It's like that instant message shorthand nonsense. People are reading these things, and they think things about them. And if you don't take the time to craft your speech online as you would in real life... People are going to think maybe you're not that bright. I don't, I don't know what I think. Uh, I, I don't think that people aren't that bright that are writing that way. I just don't like to read it, and um, I'm not that interested in reading it, and it just my mind sort of shuts off. I, I figure that's the young people uh, way of writing, and it, mm-hmm. it's code, and, and I'm not interested in it. And I know that it's, uh, you know, obviously they're not uh, practicing grammar, and therefore they're not learning grammar. Look, right. I hate it hated in school. I hated to read. I did not like book reports because I would just skim through the books. Uh, I would not know, even know what it was about. Yeah, I'd that's what write, I would do. write some book report, and I'd get a low grade on it. Who wants... I mean, that's not enjoyable. 
I hated to read. Well, um, at one point in my life, I ended up reading quite a bit, and I, my spelling was terrible in school. My spelling's still not really great, but mm-hmm. um, after having read for years and years, today I read at least a half an hour, if not an hour every day. After having read all this, I, I, all this time, I've learned how to spell just by being exposed to those words. Those people that are writing in that manner, where like there's a spell your as you are, and I, you know I, all that other instant message uh, speak, they're yeah. not learning grammar. Yeah, it's bad, and I, I I think you're right when you point out that they aren't practicing it, and so therefore there's a good chance that it's not going to get used when it really becomes important on a uh, you know a job application or a resume or something like that. I just think it's sad. We're in a sad, sad uh, place today, and it seems like each generation, it just gets progressively worse. I Well, each generation is educated by more government schools, and yeah. the, you know they now government schools are far more worried about uh, teaching kids about uh, Earth Day and, and ecology and right. the uh, indigenous people of God knows radical where. Math. Yeah, and all that stuff um, that than they are about learning how to to compose sentences. So, want to hear from you on this? Uh, are you a parent? Have you seen you know the inside of the government school system? And what what's your story? What have your kids experienced that you want to share with other people? Also, are you a uh, teacher or former teacher that, like this guy that we started the show out with, has uh, resigned in frustration for not being able to teach the way you think that you should teach? If you want to share your story, you're welcome to do so at 800-259-9231, or again, uh, just your comments on just the dismal state of education in America. Oh, Mark, you had asked about the poor people, right? Right. What if we get government out of education? What about the poor people? Well, the fact is, poor people pay taxes, too. And many even poor you, people... Even if you rent, right. um, and you, you know, property taxes are mostly what support government schools, even if you rent, you're paying property taxes, because you have a yeah. rental, Right. Yes, exactly. I have a duplex here in Keene, New Hampshire, and I would say that the people that live there aren't exactly wealthy. Uh, maybe lower middle class to upper poor. I mean, they're not. I wouldn't. It wouldn't matter whether dough. whether they're uh, poor, r- rich or poor. What matters is that they're paying your portion. Um, you know that they're paying half, if right. not all, of your um, your property taxes because. Right. Well, I could. It, that's why you're you've got them there. Without the schools in the property taxes, I could reduce my rent by 250 bucks a month for those folks. They've got a little girl. That's three thousand dollars a year that they'd be saving. Um, you'd have to reduce it 250 because they would get rid of property taxes for everybody, and therefore all the landlords would be someone have would do more it. Um, arena of profit to compete in. Yeah, I would be one of the first to do it because that's just what I would do. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. You can take control toll-free at 800-259-9231 and bring up whatever you want or comment on uh, the issue we're discussing at the moment which is the dismal state of education in America, 800-259-9231, sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. I sent out an update today, as a matter of fact. In fact, I think I sent two of them. Uh, One of them had to do with the voting situation. It is a new month. 
Uh, and that means that we need you to go and vote for Free Talk Live. If you go to vote.freetalklive.com, it'll take you less than a minute. All you need is an email address, and they, the only reason they need that is to verify that you're a real person so the voting system can't be scammed. Uh, so go to vote.freetalklive.com. makes a big difference for us. And while you're at it, go to dig.freetalklive.com as well and uh, give us a dig. Click, just click the Dig It link once you go there if you're, if you're logged in, and you'll see what that's all about. Uh, so there you go. And do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar, and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal and 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, we'll get back to education here in a moment. Let's go to the phones first and talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, guys. A pleasure to speak with you all again. What's hey, on your mind tonight, sir? Well, as far as education goes, because I, I feel like I'm obligated to make a comment on that. You're um, not, but certainly we'd love to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Well, well anytime we have uh, leadership in a country that we distrust and, and you know, like the Bill Clinton thing in the Oval Office and now all the confusing things going on in the world, I think it makes it very hard for a young person to just, you know, and that when we have no real leadership that we can trust and honor in this country, you know, the education level continues to fall from there. And I don't know so, if I, I don't know if I agree with your, uh, where, you're, where you're coming from on this. I think that there are certainly some people that want to have a leader, but I don't see what a, you know, what the, uh, the national leadership situation has anything to do with whether kids are learning or not. I don't, I'm not sure I'm making the connection. I mean, if you can't trust your own government, which we obviously can't with everything that we see is going on every day, then, I mean, how are the kids supposed to expect to show up for school and, you know, do this and do that and respect the flag and all this stuff when they hear all the derogatory things, you know, which... Some most of them are pretty much the truth. They're not derogatory at all. But I'm just trying to philosophize in a way. And, and yeah, I'm and afraid you've you've lost me, Jeremy. What were you really calling about? Well, I I was calling about a, a cop complaints and a police abuse, which I've been on the road a few times. You know, uh, I was hitchhiking to see my mom one time. Down, she lives in Oklahoma now, but we originally come from Washington and Arkansas. Okay. But anyway, um, shit, the cops came 300 yards off the road one time after me, man. And all I was doing was setting up my tent next to a creek, and four of them came out there and beat me up. Whoa. Took me and what did they? What were they beating you up for? Did you? I mean, did you mouth off to them, or they just didn't? They just took a. They just didn't like you. They they, they asked me for my ID, you know, and I'm chilling out, setting up my tent next to a creek, and uh, they four of them to, and asked me for an ID, and I told them I didn't have one to show them, Uh-oh. which I did really, but and then he yanked me up and he said, "Don't you smart mouth me, boy!" And, oh boy, and, and they. They ended up pretty much kicking my butt and 
Man, I am sorry to hear about that, Jeremy. And unfortunately, it happens to some of the nicest of people. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So many cops, uh, too much power. It's it's a problem. People get in some nasty situations. And since he brought it up, uh, I actually had a story about police abuse. In this case, not a uh, young victim, but an 80-year-old man. And it's another drug war tragedy. Because if it weren't for the war on drugs, this man would still be alive today. According to uh, the, let's see, News4Jax.com, Jacksonville, Florida, a police review board on Wednesday took up the case of an 80-year-old man shot and killed by officers back in January. Isaac Singletary was shot and killed outside of his South Metro home on January 27th while police were conducting an undercover narcotics operation on his street. Police said Singletary came out of his house with a gun and would not drop it. His family and the state attorney's office said that Singletary thought the undercover officers were real drug dealers and tried to chase them off his property Uh, with his gun. See, mm. he was trying to do the neighborhood a favor. He looked out his window. He spotted some people that looked shifty. You know, undercover cops in this case. but And he had a gun, gun which right. is guaranteed by the Second Amendment that one should be allowed to bear arms. Right. He couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't tell the difference. Police said they had no choice but to shoot the elderly man. Singletary's family members said they still have many questions about what happened. Uh, one of the, let's see, one of the officers who fired his gun at Singletary said there was no other recourse that I had other than to defend my life. During testimony Wednesday at a police review board, the undercover detective said all they saw was the gun. Actually, what I yelled was, drop the gun. I repeatedly was yelling, drop the gun, drop the gun. At this point, I'm thinking he's going to kill me. He's going to shoot me. So I'm moving back toward the tree for cover, and things are happening so fast that I don't have time to get completely behind the tree to confront the threat, at which point my weapon is drawn and I shoot and he goes down, said one of the officers. Two officers fired uh, fired their guns, killing the 80-year-old Singletary. During five hours of testimony before a sheriff's department internal review board, board members came back saying the officers involved did nothing wrong. Well, I can see why they would have said such a thing. What, what the, the scenario that you have here is created by the war on drugs, which I think is a bad thing and that uh, costs Americans all kinds of money and lives, ruined lives and uh, you know tax dollars, and, and it's foolish. But in this instance, what are the cops supposed to do? I suppose they could have dropped their weapons. Um, and, you know, but, but as far as they're concerned, well, it wasn't like this old man came out shooting. He came out, you know, essentially brandishing a weapon intending to chase them off. The way a cop sees it when a, when a gun's pointed at him and the way I see it when a gun's pointed at me, um, you know, the, the guy who's pointing it at me is threatening my life and needs to be taken out. The cops don't, wouldn't, um, would never think of uh, dropping their weapon. They're, they're taught not to do such a thing. Well, either way, their cover was going to be blown because if they shoot the old man and kill him, the cops are going to be, you know, the. They're going to have to clean up the mess. They can't just leave him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they were to simply say, hey, we're, we're the police. We're doing an undercover investigation, you know, maybe he would have believed them. Maybe he wouldn't have. But nonetheless, I think that the situation could have been de-escalated. I mean, they could have shown him some sort police of identification. Police are very bad currently at de-escalating situations. I will uh, right. definitely grant you that. I, I just feel like uh, this could have been handled more tactfully. But again... As you pointed out, Mark, this is all because of the war on drugs. Have there been no war on drugs, which, of course, is an insane policy that needs to go away, uh, then these cops never would have been undercover. 
this man never would have had the uh, the opportunity to... I mean, there wouldn't even be drug dealers in the streets if there weren't a war on drugs. Mm. If there were no war on drugs, everybody could go and just buy their drugs at the corner store. Right, no more than to. there are alcohol dealers on the street now. Yeah. So, the uh, the again, the sheriff's office say uh, says no charges will be filed. So, the two officers that murdered this 80-year-old man in cold blood aren't going to see any sort of trouble for well, it. Well, I don't know about murder, but it's certainly... Uh, ne- what neg- would you neg- call it? Negligent homicide? Negligent manslaughter? They pulled the trigger on purpose. Doesn't sound negligent to me. Anyway, sad story. And there's no end to these drug war tragedies where poor young folks and old folks alike end up getting shot down in a hail of gunfire, in many cases, from the barrels of the police's guns. So tragic and so unnecessary. Can we please just stop this madness now and just end this war on drugs? Because that's all it will really take to solve this problem. The drugs will go. The drugs aren't going to go away, but they'll get they'll get off the streets. As far as there'll be no drug dealers hanging around, they'll all be done uh, legitimately, sold legitimately. Prices would uh, plummet overnight instead of the ever increasing black market profits and prices that you constantly see because of the war on drugs. Drug purity will uh, will increase. It'll be safer to use the drugs. They'll be measurable instead of some random quantity that a dealer gives out to uh, to an addict. I mean, there's so many different reasons why this drug war needs to end now. R- not just the collateral damage. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show, Saturday edition, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The Sinkle CAI toll-free line, Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature is for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can join up for as little as three bucks a month. And you get some perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only chat room and forum, and more. All the details are there, but the most important thing is that money goes to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So there's some real uh, tangible benefits beyond your uh, your little perks that you get, too, for Free Talk Live. It's a good thing. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, by the way. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. And get involved over there. We go to the phones and to the fun. John in Winnipeg, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, John. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind? Uh, Well, I wanted to briefly get your take on uh, Clinton's recent remarks regarding Iraq. But just prior to doing that, I wanted to just give you an update for yesterday. I had mentioned to you, uh, and I can understand how it was hard to believe that... um, that the Bush administration was caught doctoring the, the national intelligence estimate, but there's a story out of... Uh, I don't think uh, anybody said it was hard to believe, John. I think we all seems... understand and agree that uh, politicians are corrupt scumbags, and they right, lie. Right. Well, Austra- there's a newspaper out of Australia. They got a story titled, How Bush Misled the World, and you can get both versions, the CIA version and Bush's version. And Sounds like a real page-turner. <laughs> it's diabolically evil, for sure. The re- uh, so, anyway, Clinton had recently stated, uh, Mr. Clinton had stated that... Uh, if he had been president, uh, or firstly, he said he wasn't really in favor of the Iraq war, and if he had the power, he would have let the inspectors finish their job. But the one thing we're, fi- we're failing on that front is that Bush, his direct quote was, we gave him a chance to allow the inspectors in, and he wouldn't let them in. So Bush will tell you as a liar that Saddam wouldn't let the inspectors in, while the inspectors will tell you, they had complete unrestricted access. Right, to go they, they the had police. access. It was just you know that the Bush administration believed that somewhere, somehow, the uh, the Iraqis were hiding things, and they and they did do some stalling as far as uh, you know being getting giving access to the UN inspectors. Well, that's not true though. Um, 
they were under the chicken coops. There wasn't a place in Iraq that they couldn't go. They went through the palaces and exhausted every... But I thought that Hans Blick did, in fact, back that up, that, in, that they did, they were restricted, that there would be, you know, it would take some time to get clearance to different places. Who cares, they couldn't just anyway. walk in. Not, not, not prior to the bombing campaign beginning, March the 7th, 2003. Who cares? I mean, what's the relevance of all this? It just seems um, like trivia to me. Well, no, it's it's holding a, a criminals responsible for transgressing your freedoms. Look, if you hey, defend- I got news for you. Everyone in Washington, D.C., with the possible exception of Ron Paul, is a criminal, and none of them are being held responsible for their actions. Well, some are responsible for stealing money through earmarks, and some are responsible for murdering more than a million people and letting go those who are truly responsible for, like, 9-11. Bush closed criminal investigations on 9-11 personally. According to Tom Daschle on Tim well, Russell's Again, show, you can go friend. down a litany of different uh, violations and things that these people in Washington, D.C. have done. Yeah, I don't and think it's going to matter. You know, year long. after year, it doesn't matter. Nobody ever brings them up on charges. They have Many of them have sovereign immunity. They're completely untouchable. The bureaucrats are untouchable. The uh, administrators are untouchable. And, you know, there's, the corruption is so uh, intense that there's really not much that really can be done, I'm afraid. So, well, you can't. Well, can, can you cite an, one other – like, I know of no other time in American history where a president has formally closed criminal investigation on a I don't know, man. Act. I don't really pay that much attention to that stuff. All I know is they're all bad, and I want to get rid of them all, whether they're right. Democrats or Republicans. I don't care about all the little details. I know they're all corrupt. They all, you know, scratch their friends' backs and punish their enemies. I know what politics is about, and that's all I need to know. I don't and need to know all these details. I know well, as we continue to have an office of President of the United States, that office will continue to grow in power, because each president right. will flex their muscles a little bit more. Right. Hillary's not going to get in there and slash it back. Right. She's, she's not going she's to bring it back to a, a constitutional um, executive office. She's going to uh, continue to grow it. She's going to use the powers that uh, Bush has uh, managed to use, and, and she, yeah. they're, they're all going to just continue to grow the office, John, and therefore it's going to become more tyrannical. Thank you for the yeah, call. Good free. hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I can tell... I can tell that John's somebody who's done a lot of research. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that really is into that sort of thing and digging up the facts and learning that. And great. I mean, people are there are certainly a segment of people out there that are really interested in uh, that level of information. To me, it's irrelevant. I know that Bush is a crook. I know that Clinton before him was uh, was a crook. I know that uh, the former Bush was a crook. Reagan was a crook. They're all a bunch of lying, thieving scumbags. Oh, you're gonna and get some calls on Reagan. That's all I need to know. Oh, let Reagan talked a good game. He was an actor. He's got some really great quotes, I, yeah. I must say. But, um, you know, believing in small government means that you have to believe in small government on both sides. Not just small government for the social programs and the uh, National Endowment for the Arts, but you have to believe in small government when it comes to the military, yeah. too. Well, not only Otherwise, do you have to, you're, just a, you know, you're just a pro-military guy. Not only do you have to believe in small government, but you actually have to do something about small government. Like, actually make it happen, veto bills and... Work towards small government. And he, uh, let's see, I think government increased, hmm, what did Harry Brown say, 69% or something like that during the Reagan administration? I mean, it was just incredible. Well, he did have um, a Democratic Congress and a Could Democratic vetoed, uh, vetoed and vetoed. But he didn't. Let's, uh, well, he did veto more than George Bush. Now, George, the current Bush, I think he's vetoed less than you can count on one hand. So, by comparison, uh, Reagan was much more smaller government, and but we that's see, not saying much. And we see how small government the Republicans are. From 2000 to 2006, yeah. they had control of the House, the Senate, no and the No more excuses. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's a big damn lie. They're full of it. it. All of them are full of it. Let's go to the phones and talk to Virginia in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live, Virginia. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Uh, you guys were talking about the war on drugs earlier, and I wanted to know uh, 
what your opinion was on the CIA angle. I'm not sure what. What, is, what are you saying? That are you well, suggesting? Well, there's been several books written, like uh, Crossing the Rubicon, for one. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary Webb. There's been a bunch of CIA, ex-CIA men come forward and uh, be forthright with uh, their known involvement in bringing the drugs. Yeah, it all I, seems believable. For one. Mm-hmm. It all seems believable. I mean, they're people in a position of power. They, uh, d- they're not subject to the same sort of oversight as everybody else might be. And so they can get away with things that others may not be able to get away with. So naturally, they're going to use their positions of power to uh, engage in profitable black market activities like dealing drugs. And it's not just the CIA. It's also the DEA as well. Anybody with that sort of level of power uh, can, can easily get away with these sorts of things. So, yeah, it's totally believable. These are the things that happen uh, when you have a black market. I mean, back in the days of alcohol prohibition, there were plenty of corrupt cops back then, just as there are corrupt uh, cops today. And, you know, corrupt cops uh, go from as low as a a street cop all the way up to the, the highest rankings of the CIA. So you better oh, believe sure. it. You can, that's absolutely possible. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks. That's all Thank I Thank you, Virginia. 800-259-9231. Hey, since we're talking cops, another short story for you from Noble, Oklahoma. Austin Haley was fishing with his grandfather, Jack Tracy, Friday evening when, a tra- when Tracy said he heard a shot and saw a bullet hit the water just a few feet in front of the boat dock uh, moments, or excuse me, in front of the boat dock where he was standing. Moments later, a second shot was fired that hit Austin, who was five years old, in the head. Mm. A noble police officer who had responded to a report of a snake in a tree apparently fired the deadly shot while trying to kill the snake, according to city manager Bob Wade. Tracy said he initially thought he and his grandson were under attack by someone trying to kill them, so he put the boy into the back of a four-wheeler and drove to his daughter's house about 200 yards away. Then two officers came out of the brush. He says they didn't tell us they were the ones who had been shooting or that they had shot him. They didn't admit a doggone thing. The boy was taken to an Oklahoma City hospital where he was pronounced dead. Gosh. A resident of the Crest Lane neighborhood called police after discovering a large snake in the tree. Uh, he said, again, the grandfather said, I was told that they tried several ways to get the snake down, but it was still hissing at them and firmly lodged. What I was told is that the owner of the home either suggested or agreed that they should go ahead and shoot the snake, and then everything happened from there. So how do you feel about this one, Mark? Oh, man, it's tragic. I, I don't know... Um, it, 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 you know, the fact is police are here to protect us against enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, well, police are domestic enemies. Uh, you know, your robbers, people like that, supposedly. Um, they're actually snakes to, and trees, not snakes and trees. Um, a snake in a tree should be handled by a uh, what varmint removal service or uh, you know animal removal service. Right. They have them out there. They're in every town that I've ever been in. I've um, noticed these this area in the phone book, and you should, if you've got a snake that's bothering you in a tree, um, you could either A, leave it there, or B, uh, hire one of these services to send a cop out there. It seems like a bad idea. Could a varmint removal service have done the same thing? Yeah, they could have. Um, they would have been held responsible more so. Oh, yeah. How would you, what do you think would happen if it were you out in your backyard shooting at a snake in a tree and you happened to clip the head off of a five-year-old boy across the lake from you? Gosh. I mean, what do you think would happen to you in that case? I, I, I don't know. You'd be charged with, like, negligent homicide or something well, like that. Well, the, the charge wouldn't do anybody any good at all. Um, what these people need is some kind of compensation. 
I understand that. But the compensation is going to come from the local the taxpayers. Yeah. yeah, the taxpayers. And if it comes. That's wrong. If it comes at all. And it's very unlikely that the police are going to be punished in this case either because <laughs> they're pretty much immune from this sort of stuff. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is coming up. There's a federal ban being proposed on candy. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and we are kicking off hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Well, last hour, we talked a little bit about uh, school curriculum in regards to how no one is ever satisfied. Uh, when it comes to government schools, it's constantly one interest group pit against another interest group in regards to what's being taught in the classroom. But the uh, the interest group clashing that we're talking about with, uh, with classroom curriculum doesn't necessarily go away when you step outside of the class. Then it just changes into other uh, conflict, like conflict over what kids can eat in school. Again, these are things that will never be fully resolved when it comes to government schools because there will always be uh, one side clashing with the other, trying to, use, uh, trying to pull political favors and sway in order to get their agenda pushed through. Right. There are some people that believe that uh, you know, a low-calorie diet is good. Some people that believe that a uh, low-carb diet is good. Sure. Some people believe that... Uh, no trans fats. You know, that, that your kids shouldn't eat uh, meat. Some people believe that uh, organics is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that uh, you have to buy your food and uh, meat locally. Right. Um, from, not only from uh, local pur- uh, purveyors, but from local producers. Um, and they would prefer you to buy it directly from the local producer. That way you know all kinds of little rules that people have as far as eating. If you're Jewish, you don't eat uh, pigs. If mm-hmm. you're uh, Muslim, you don't eat pigs. If you're Hindu, you don't eat cows. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. Now, locally, these conflicts are usually played out at the school board level, where, again, people will come to, concerned parents and other interest groups will come to meetings, and they'll bicker and argue over what the correct, uh, you know, role of whatever fill-in-the-blank should be. In this case, it's food, and a lot of these conflicts have been going on as far as, well, you know, should kids have access to vending machines? Should there be candy in the vending machines? Should there be soda in the vending machines? These are the, this is the minutia uh, that these school board bureaucrats spend their time debating over and normally again it it does happen at a school board local level which is bad enough on its own and as we talked about last hour government should get out of school entirely but it gets worse when things are decided on a state level where the state decides well this is how it's going to be throughout the entire state of fill in the blank for your state right but it gets worse when it goes up to the federal level because then everybody's treated exactly the same. The, the, you know, the federal government you have looks less access to what it is that your kids are um, getting taught. Um, interest groups have more access to what it is that your kids are getting taught. Right? Who's going to fly to Washington D.C. The teachers' union testify. becomes more powerful. So in this case, federal lawmakers, according to the New York Times, are considering the broadest effort ever to limit what children eat—a national ban on selling candy. Sugary soda. Not sure of any other kind of soda that's not sugary. Diet, diet co- Coke. Well, it's got sugar substitutes. 
That's not sugary. Okay. And salty, fatty foods in school snack bars, vending machines, and a la carte cafeteria lines. Sounds like they want to go all tofu or something. Whether the measure and amendment... It's just going to be uh, celery sticks in the uh, vending machines. It's an amendment to the farm bill, interestingly enough, can survive the convoluted pol- uh, politics that have bogged down that legislation in the Senate is one issue. Whether it can survive the battle among factions in the fight to improve school food is another. See, the, the idea that there has to be a fight. Like, we can't improve school food without duking it out at the federal government level to make the decision on what is and what is not appropriate for kids to eat. Again, if if the government weren't involved in schools, all this would be decided by the individuals running each and every single school. And if the parents didn't like what the decisions were, they could complain and take their kids somewhere else. But hey, that's just a crazy free market solution. We can't have that in America. Senator Tom Harkin, Democrat of Iowa and the chairman of the Agriculture Committee, has twice before introduced bills to deal with foods other than the standard school lunch, which is regulated by the Department of Agriculture. I didn't even know that. Uh, Several lawmakers and advocates for changes in school food believe that an amendment to the $286 billion farm bill, I wonder how much of that is subsidies to the farmers, is the best chance to get control of the mountain of high-calorie snacks and sodas available to school children. Even if the farm bill does not pass, uh, the senators say that they're going to keep reintroducing it in other forms until it sticks. So if, it, if this bill doesn't pass, they'll just slap this little addition on to, you know, whatever bills come across their desk, and one of them will eventually pass. They're optimistic about their chances because there's now more public interest than ever in improving school food and because leaders in the food and beverage industry have had a hand in creating the new standards. But that intense corporate involvement, along with exemptions that would allow sales of chocolate milk, sports uh, sports drinks, and diet soda, has caused a rift among food activists who usually find themselves on the same sides of school food battles. You know, um, this this whole the food activists really are the ones that uh, set the set the groundwork here. Um, they're the ones that start the pitch battles. They're the ones that have these, uh, you know, whatever rules it is that they have in place. Can you imagine? Now, I, I know that this is. I'm not. I'm not for government schools, but. Imagine for a second if you allowed restaurants to set up instead of giving a monopoly to whom you know whatever food service company it is that they contract to do this. Imagine if they allowed restaurants like a mall um, to 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 purchase their own spaces um, right there. They could pay for the whole school. Taxpayers wouldn't have to put up a dime. Just the fact that they could have those kids coming in there and dining in their restaurants like they do at the mall could change everything, but God knows they wouldn't want to do that. Mm, I don't know how much room there is for a, a variety of restaurants. They to be build bigger there. schools. It's an interesting idea. And again, in the marketplace, that's something you could try, Mark. If you wanted to implement a program like that now, you'd have to you know, form a lobbying group, mm-hmm. go to all the school board meetings, beg, plead, you know, cajole. It's a nightmare to get these to get these bureaucrats to change. Anyway, Doctor uh, Nestle, Marion ne- Marion Nestle says this pits ideals about what children should eat against at school against the political reality of large food corporations insisting their foods be available to children at all times. She says the activists want vending machines out of schools completely. Uh, and nutrition standards would only allow plain bottled water and eight ounce servings of fruit juice or plain or flavored low fat milk with up to 170 calories to be sold in elementary and middle schools. Lots of people say that milk is bad for kids, that uh, milk is only good for, um, you know, milk. cow's milk is only good for baby cows. High school students could also buy diet soda or, in places like school gyms, sports drinks, which, by the way, sports drinks have plenty of sugar Sugary in them. as they could be. 
Other drinks with but as they many don't as have that carbonation. They're not brown. <laughs> Other drinks with as many as 66 calories per eight ounces could be sold in high schools, but that threshold would drop to 25 calories per eight ounce serving in five years. Aren't you glad the lawyers in Washington D.C. are looking out for your kids? Yep, deciding they're, exactly how many calories right. they can drink per eight ounces. That's right. They're even counting the calories for your kids. You know, Mark, we're not going to have to make any decisions or choices for ourselves within the next few years if these government people keep up. We'll just turn everything over to the government and we'll trust them to make the right choices. Oh, wait, what's that you say? Government doesn't usually make the right choices. Usually they screw things up so royally that, uh, well, it's hard to recover from their mistakes. Food for sale would have to be limited and saturated in trans fat and have less than 35% sugar. Sodium would be limited, and snacks would uh, must have no more than 180 calories per serving for middle and elementary schools and 200 calories for high school students. The standards would not affect occasional fundraising projects like Girl Scout cookie sales, though states would not be able to pass stronger restrictions. Individual school districts could. The rules have the support, and by the way, these restrictions will only apply to school boards and school districts that are taking federal money, which is pretty much every one of them. But that would be a way around this. If a school board or school district wanted to say no to the federal funds, please, then they wouldn't have to jump. Can you imagine seats. the fight that you would have to that would have to ensue on the local level in order to get your local school district not to accept federal funds? Mm. My God, the the teachers union would kick up such a howl. Yep. The other parents wouldn't understand. See, this is this is the problem with government schools in general. And now these idiots in Washington, D.C. are going to be dictating the calories and the things that your kids are putting in their bodies. And I'd like to ask the question. I don't think this article addresses it. But I can remember how things were when I was in school. And there were some people, myself included, that would have thought of, uh, oh, I don't know, a little being a little enterprising mm-hmm. had rules like this come about. So, for instance, they were to ban soda pop. I would be the kind of person who'd, uh, you know, put a six-pack Coke in my backpack at the beginning of the day. and Sell them uh, for two bucks a piece. Yep, sell them out to the kids. It happened with Jolly Ranchers and all kinds of different candy when yeah. I was there. Yep, so I wonder what will the punishments be like for those black market food dealers at the schools? Well, mm-hmm. they're not going to, I don't think they'll be, be able to punish them. Oh, they will eventually. If they find out that kids are selling candy and soda when those are verboten, they're prohibited. You better believe there are going to be some punishments, uh, punishments meted out. 800-259-9231. How far are you going to let these people go? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the live Saturday edition. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The Cycle CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, including the wiki with over 1,450 pages for you. Well, by you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. It's free, of course. wiki.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was uh, manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals like boric acid and all kinds of fire retardant stuff. Especially new mattresses have a tendency to off-gas these chemicals. Not so with Savvy Rest. It's made with natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. They also have crib mattresses, too. Those kind of chemicals are even worse for kids. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. 800-259-9231. Would still love to hear from uh, some parents out there as to how you feel about this proposed federal ban on all things tasty. Well, for your kids' schools. They can't 
they're not quite ready to step out of the schools and ban them from your grocery stores. Uh, that's probably down the road a ways. But they definitely want to ban anything salty, sugary, uh, trans fatty, you know, pretty much anything that has some taste to it. Uh, they want to ban them from, uh, from your local school. Trans fat doesn't taste that great. It just allows you to store things. It, 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 you know, it, it extends the shelf life. Well, anyway, my point being they want to take a lot of the things out of, uh, out of uh, again, the schools and the, the vending machines that have currently that are there. And I think that uh, well, I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. By the way, I want to welcome our newest affiliate, KGOE, in Eureka, Eureka, California. KGOE 1480. Uh, looking forward to having you guys on board from here on out on Saturdays. Uh, they are joining us for this hour of the program and I think right up till Paul Harvey for them. So that Paul Harvey breaks Paul in, Harvey but, is a real talent in radio. Yeah. Been around a long time. For those of you who are just first listening to the show, you have never heard anything like our opinions. Well, unless they listened last week. Because yeah. we were on last week. Well, uh, you, you've never heard any other radio talk show with opinions like ours. Um, we are real, live, no excuses libertarians. Uh, my co-host is a free marketeer. I am a uh, small government libertarian. What does that mean? Well, you'll find out if you listen long enough. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we and we're consistent. We maybe you know that the the opinions you may, you hear may be a little unusual, a little nutty sounding. Well, but you can agree with a lot of them. I, I yeah. predict you're going to agree with a lot of the things we say, and eventually we'll say something that'll really make you. Unless angry. you just think the government can fix any problem there is. Yeah, if you love the government, then you might have a problem with us. But uh, either way, we'd still love to hear from you on any issue, anytime. You can pick up the phone and bring it up at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So we started with schools, but we can go anywhere. So let's go to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Paula, Florida. Yeah, yeah, hi, hi. I'm hey. here. What's on your uh, mind? Right now, we just got the truth on the uh, on the HIV. We found out where it was done, how they did it. They had a lab in Stanleyville, Africa, and they had these doctors there that you know uh, were um, uh, virulists and stuff like that. They took the kidneys of the of the chimpanzee that had the HIV, and they would put this substance on it to start making this stuff to make the um, uh, to make the vaccine. And it was in the oral vaccine in the 50s, and also the hepatitis C shots. So you're saying you, you're somebody who believes that the government created AIDS. No, not our government. It started in Africa. They had a lab there, and these people, that the um, Austrian, uh, uh, they're, they're from like three or four different countries. They were, they were all doctors, scientists. So anyway, they used the monkeys to, they, they, they said the kidneys of the monkeys did very good to get this stuff started. Anyway, they ended Why up would they do this, Paula? Why would they want to do this? It was in a lab this? there they did it. Why? They had, it was they had all the chimpanzees there in group cages, and these people were there. They're, they're talking about it now. The whole thing's coming out. Why was would they do Was it a mistake, this, or did they do it on purpose? Yeah. Which one? <laughs> they, they were making a vaccine, and they were using the monkeys that had the HIV. Was it a mistake or on purpose? No. Not a mistake. It was on purpose. No, they, they knew they had it. So, so they created AIDS or HIV? They, they, no, the, the monkeys had the HIV, and it was put through the through the organs of the of the um, of the chimpanzees. They used the organs to make it, and then it was put. It was in in the vaccine when it, I mean it was all being used together to make the vaccine. The opinions of the callers of the show are not necessarily the the opinions of the hosts. Paula, thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Like I have no idea what the truth is about HIV or AIDS. I know that HIV is the infection, and then AIDS springs from that, right? Once HIV runs its course, um, then you get full-blown AIDS. Am I correct on uh, that? Yeah, some people uh, keep HIV and don't get AIDS if they uh, manage to, you know, uh, I guess through nutri- nutrition and, and some drugs. 
Paul is a bit of a uh, kind of a conspiracy type, so it could uh, be. You, you never know with these things. I mean, you after know, after yeah. you see things like the Tuskegee Airmen, which they've managed to prove. Um, now, what's that all about? Uh, shoot, now you've uh, caught me. <laughs> well, don't bring it up if you don't know what it is. I don't know all the specifics, but they did some uh, testing on the Tuskegee Airmen, which were um, some blacks in the military. Well, they have done. We do know that there have been some pretty frightening uh, experiments that the the governments have done. I mean, there's certainly no doubt about it. It's just that anything Paula says, take with a grain of salt. Heck, anything we say, take with a grain of salt. Who the hell are we? Just people with microphones, right? So question everything, whether it comes from your favorite news media source, your favorite talk radio host, or some random caller. 800-259-9231. Interesting claims. Nonetheless, we go to Mike in Maine. You're on Free Talk Live. Mike, hello there. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to talk about some of the things that... Um, that parents are allowed to let their kids have and not have, and as well as what they're allowed to get at school. Sure. My daughter goes to a local um, middle school, and she's lucky if she gets more than a bagel for for something as a snack, say, in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then during lunch, she gets a piece of chicken. She says, looks like you cooked it yesterday. Ew. And then she gets, like, a piece of lettuce and, like, some form of vegetable she can't even identify. She says sometimes it looks like peas, sometimes it looks like baby food. Yeah, um, cafeteria food has never been uh, anything great. It doesn't sound like it's getting any better. Yeah, well, it sounds like no. it's being federalized. Well, I can't say that's everywhere. I mean, when I was in high school, you just brought what you wanted, and yeah. they had a little a la carte menu. Well, when were you in I high school? I basically walked in, bought a thing of Susie Q's, and that was the end of the day. When were you in high school? Fifteen years ago. Yeah. I mean, it gets worse year after year. I mean, I hear stories. We have some younger people listening to the show that will call in from time to time with some stories about their high school experiences. And sometimes I'm just blown away by how much it's changed in, uh, you know, less than 10 years. Uh, So, really, it's just absolutely amazing. And now we're talking about more federal control. Already the Department of Agriculture, uh, you know, has sway over your local uh, school board's food policies. Now it's just going to get worse. Well, the thing that's funny is I have two other children who are in the, like, the little kid's school. And I actually have to go through and, and check every snack they have for is it made with peanuts. Because they have kids in the classroom who are alerted to peanuts. The reasoning for this, and I asked, I said, what does it matter? If they're nowhere near that particular child, what's it matter? The reason is because some of the children, if it even gets on their skin, have the uh, reaction. I'm all good with that. I'm fine. You know, that's fine. But to sit there and have every other child be punished for that one child? Yeah, those kids should go to a special school. Like, those kids should be homeschooled or, you know, sent to a special location, like a clean room. Yeah, or for that matter, just during snack time. You know, you guys go in that little area over there, you have your snack, we'll have our snack, yeah. and then when we're done, we're going to bleach the room while you guys are out <laughs> at recess. So it's not even concerned. Very good, Mike. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate your thoughts. 800-259-9231. We'll take your calls about absolutely anything, whatever's on your mind. Still to come here, uh, Jason calling in from KGOE. Hopefully he'll, he'll hold through. And we'll talk about piracy as well while we're at it. Mod chips. You know about these things, Mark? Mod chips? Not sure I do. We'll find out. The federal government doesn't like them. In fact, they've been doing mod chip raids. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, and if you're one of our new listeners in uh, Eureka, California, then you've missed a whole lot of moments. You can go and get an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of our website. There's no logging in, no membership fee. It's all for free. Freetalklive.com. And sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates. Then register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. Go to LibertyDollar.org as we go to the phones to the fun. Jason in California listening on KGOE. Congratulations, Jason. You're our first caller from uh, KGOE land. Hey, welcome to Humboldt County. Good to be there. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was calling in regards to a previous caller, Paula, and I wanted to give a little bit more explanation and a citation for the oral poliovirus genesis theory of HIV. Okay. And it does go back to the 50s, and it was not intentional. And what happened is that we were growing the polio vaccination on the kidneys of primates. And chimpanzees have a precursor to AIDS. Uh, Instead of HIV, it's SIV. And it's believed that the close association of growing the polio vaccine on their kidneys allowed for the mutation to trans species. And if people would like more information, they can look up Skeptic Magazine. The current issue has an expose on the subject. Oh, fascinating. I, uh, I, definitely, uh, I definitely think Skeptic Magazine is an excellent source of information. They really uh, definitely uh, cast a questioning eye towards pretty much everything, as you might be able to tell from the, the name of the magazine. But I appreciate you clearing that up, because when Paula calls in, and uh, as you listen to the show more, you'll, you'll probably hear her again. Uh, when Paula calls in, she usually doesn't have a lot of info. She just gets really excited when she hears something, and uh, she wants to tell everybody about it. So thanks for clearing that up. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, no, I'm excited to have you guys as a voice in the area. This uh, tends to be a fairly uh, liberal and progressive area, but what I like about uh, true progressives and libertarians is we actually share a lot of common beliefs. And if we were to work together, I think we would have a, a lot of really valuable solutions. In the fantasy world, I'd even want Ron Paul and Dennis Kucinich to run together. I think that would be a, a good check and balance. Dennis Kucinich proposed that he would take Ron Paul as his running mate. I think that uh, Ron that. Paul has a significantly better chance of winning the presidency than Dennis Kucinich. But how well, long has, has it been since? Than... I mean, how long has it been since America actually had a, a president and vice president that were of different parties? It's been decades, if not hundreds of years. Yeah, probably right? since it's uh, since yeah. back when they changed the uh, rules on that. It did used to go that way. Anyway, I uh, look forward to hearing from you again, Jason. And thanks, uh, thanks for the call. One other thing. Um, I don't know if you're still there or not, but one yeah, other yeah. thing is uh, if you like what you're hearing tonight. Give Tom a call over at the radio station during the week. Tom uh, Seaborn, the program director. Yeah, right? Tom Seaborn. Yep, tell him that uh, you like Free Talk Live and you want to hear it expanded. He's already been thinking about expanding us uh, out to our first hour. You're listening to the second hour of the show right now, so he's talking about maybe doing a little expansion, and I'm sure a gentle nudge from listeners like you would give him an extra reason to do it. Well, I'll let him know, and I'll check out your archives, too. Thanks, Jason. Have a great night. 800-259-9231. Mark, you had a That's, correction, didn't yeah, you? I do have a correction, but okay. uh, speaking of the archives, we have the last year's worth of uh, shows archived on the website in uh, BitTorrent form, so you can go listen to... We're six nights a week from 7 p.m. p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, so three hours. It's a two-hour show once you take out the ads, though. <laughs> it is. And the and, news. And, the la- and it's easier to listen to the last six nights. They're in MP3 format. All you have to do is click, click on them, and they just... 
uh, you know, they just start up. Yep, exactly. Um, I do just have geeky. a geeky. Yeah, the little misinformed. I, uh, well, as I, I said, uh, question everything, even I, what you hear from talk show hosts. I wasn't, uh, you know, complete. wasn't ready for it. Um, you know, I didn't have all my research done. But um, on the Tuskegee Airmen are in fact a, a group of. Uh, Black fighter pilots uh, in the Air, uh, Army Air Corps, right, known for some level of heroism. I yeah, believe, they, right? they were they were good somehow. Yeah, um, and the uh, always where, been on black mark. Where has the yeah, <laughs> that's right. Where has the uh, Tuskegee experiments not so good to bet on black here? In fact, uh, they were uh, allowed. Some, no, wait, was it? Does the, the Tuskegee experiments have anything to do with the airmen? Nothing. No. Nothing. Okay. They, they're completely separate. Uh, they just happen to share the same first word. Did it have to do with black people? Or were they experimenting yes. on black people? They were experimenting on. Uh, the the children uh, or sharecroppers basically and allowed them to uh, continue having syphilis for years on on end and they this told is the government that, government doing this it, it was government was involved um, there also the Tuskegee uh, the university there was was involved funded and, by yeah, the government yeah most so likely basically they just wanted to see what happens if somebody has syphilis for a really long time and as long as it's not them that has it somebody else that has it, lots right? of these guys uh, suffered greatly and died as well. so sad and th- by the way um, there have been all kinds of examples as I mentioned earlier of uh, just frightening eugenics programs that the government in America has uh, been involved in. Not to mention other things like, you know, dropping nuclear or testing nuclear explosions uh, outside in, in Utah and Nevada. I mean, there were all kinds of people that were exposed to really dangerous stuff at the, at the hands of the United States government. Yeah, they really like to do it to the, uh, the army in, in particular. For some reason, they, they feel like the army belongs to them and they can do whatever the hell they want to those guys. So if you've got kids, don't let them go in the Army. Army or any other branch, I wouldn't risk you any of it. 800-259-9231. So, mod chips, Mark. You don't know what these are, huh? I think that uh, a mod chip is something that you use to make a video game work differently. Somehow Mm. you can cheat in your uh, video game system? No, not really. Okay. Well, you are sort of cheating the system. Allow me to explain. According to uh, the Entertainment Software Association, they've commended U.S. law enforcement agents and prosecutors' work in undertaking the nation's first and largest anti-piracy raid of its kind. The action code named Operation Tangled Web targets retailers selling modification chips through the Internet for the Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony game console systems. Law enforcement executed 32 search warrants in more than 20 localities across the country within a 24-hour period. Plain and simple, selling and distributing products to illegally bypass game consoles' piracy protections is a crime with real-life consequences. This is not a game. We're talking jail time. Enforcement initiatives of this scope send a clear message to both the public and pirate community that this illegal activity will not be tolerated. Now, I find this interesting because I had no idea these these things were illegal. No idea whatsoever. Can't you... I mean, I've seen them advertised. I've purchased and installed them before. And maybe they weren't illegal when you purchased them. Maybe, maybe they weren't. I mean, it was like a decade ago that I did that. So uh, certainly it could be illegal now and it wasn't then. But uh, basically the idea is, and it doesn't seem like they should be illegal, because mod chipping your uh, PlayStation or your Nintendo Wii or whatever, you're not actually engaging in piracy. Y- you haven't stolen anybody's programming. All you're doing is vo- avoiding your warranty. I mean, basically, you know, if you buy an electronic device, whether right. it be your VCR or who has VCRs, uh, DVD player or whatever, you buy an electronic device and you crack it open, you've usually voided your warranty by doing that. Right. Especially once, with, once an amateur goes in and plays with it, they don't want anything to do with your warranty right. anymore. Especially when it comes to uh, video game systems where they are concerned about this, uh, you know, the mod shipping factor. And usually you'll see some sort of uh, little special sticker 
on the openable portion of the video game system mm-hmm. to where if you do attempt to open the system, you can't possibly make it look like it wasn't opened. Do you see what I mean? Right. It'll ruin the sticker, and so anybody that looks at it will say, sorry, you voided your warranty. And so that should have been enough. Like, the fact that you void your warranty, there you go, that's it. But basically what you do is you open your system up, and you, you know, get out your soldering gun, and you buy this mod chip on the internet, and, you know, it comes with a few little wires, and then you have to solder it to the right points on the board, and close your system back up once it's in there, and then you, um, you can take a burned copy of a game... And put it in there and play that as though it were a regular game. So okay. essentially the mod chip bypasses the anti-piracy features in the game system. So they it, it allows you to play pirated games. It allows you to play burned copies of games. For instance, if you were a, this could be compl- this could be used for a completely legal purpose. Right. Like if you, you could buy a game, burn your own copy of it so that you wouldn't scratch up the CD. Yes. Now I've had games where, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I had a video game that I sat on and cracked the uh, CD in half. Right. Well, I could have been using a the copy, a, a copy mm-hmm. and then still had my original. Exactly. So mm. somebody like me that's, you know how I am, Mark, about just, I'm very fastidious about my electronics. If I get a little spot on my LCD monitor, I'm wiping it off and that sort of thing. So I don't like seeing scratches on the bottoms of CDs. So I'm the kind of person who'd be likely to do something like that. You take the original game, put that in a safe storage location, and then use the copied version of the game to, you know, use and abuse, that sort of thing. But now apparently that's completely illegal, and the federal government is getting involved in raiding businesses that are selling... What amounts to a computer chip, Mark, that's all this is, a little PC board with a chip on it. This is now a prohibited product in America, apparently. More on the way, we'll tell you the rest of the story and take your calls about whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Go to store.freetalklive.com and fill up your shopping cart with all kinds of great, high-quality, Free Talk Live branded merchandise and other stuff that doesn't even have our logo on it. Just we thought it was cool. We wanted to offer it to you. The original free marketeer designed on a flag, also available on a T-shirt. Plus, again, Free Talk Live T-shirts, hats, We've got Free Talk Live hoodies in two different styles, several different styles of hats. You'll see them all, and you'll learn how to get a free bumper sticker. Go to store.freetalklive.com. You don't have to buy anything, by the way. It's not like a scam or anything to get the free bumper sticker. It's just a self-addressed stamped envelope. Go to store.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com and read some of the real testimonials and find out how to order. Order. That's ftldiscount.com. So we're talking about mod chips. Many people may not be aware of what a mod chip is. The uh, story here, we'll explain it again here in moments. But essentially, the federal government is busy doing raids on businesses to confiscate these mod chips and charge people with crimes. According to Michael D. Gallagher, the president of the ESA, which is the trade association representing U.S. computer and video game publishers, he says that enforcement, uh, enfor- he says this is not a game, we're talking jail time. Enforcement initiatives of this scope send a clear message to both the public and pirate community that this illegal activity will not be tolerated. He also said, we commend. This is the equivalent of outlawing blank 
audio cassettes because somebody might use them to record yeah, is. Uh, you know, music on. It really is. Uh, he says, we commend Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, the U.S. Department of Justice, and the participating U.S. Attorney's Offices for targeting individuals and groups selling mod chips and pirated game software. Mod chips, or modification chips, are typically installed in video game console systems to circumvent the technological protection measures and enable the user to play pirated game software. These chips, as well as other circumvention devices, are illegal under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, the DMCA, which would explain why... Uh, this is news to me because the DMCA is relatively new. I think it came out in like 2003. Some, mm. Sometime within the aughts, uh, the DMCA came out. So that would uh, post-date the time when my father and I, it was kind of like a you know, fun little father and son thing. You sit down, you crack open the PlayStation, you get a little mod chip, you put it in, a little solder here and there, that sort of thing. It's a good time, good learning experience. Sure. Tear apart the guts of a piece of electronics, put it back together, it still works, and it's pretty fun. So, I don't know, does this mean that I possess contraband now, Mark? That I have a you know modified PlayStation? I don't play the thing anymore, it's just sitting in a closet somewhere. But is that contraband? Am I subject to a raid now as a result of that? I guess so, I, I don't know. Um, it, it, it all seems ludicrous to me. And they're putting people in jail over it. And yep. you're, you're paying for it. You, the taxpayer, are paying to, to send these goons out with the MP3-5 um, uh, rifles to uh, bust in people's doors, drag them off to jail for the possession of what? Something that allows them to play copies of the games that they own. Now, again, in theory, it does allow you to play pirated, uh, sure pirated it does. games it does. as well. It does. Uh, but the fact is, this isn't even an intellectual property issue. This is just a contraband issue. This is an issue of a product that the federal government has decided should not be allowed in your hands. You Americans, you can't decide to have a computer chip in your hands. You might do something illegal with it. We can't have that sort of thing in this country. Right, it's like outlawing a gun because you might just use it to shoot someone. Right. Now, again, the uh, you know the people that are going to be targeted in this particular crackdown are a very small group of people. They're people that are real video game fanatics and that sort of thing. But eventually... I think we're going to see more of this, Mark. This sort of is the tip of the uh, the enforcement iceberg in this intellectual property war that's been going on for the last few years in this country between young people who think a little bit differently than you know their older gen- the older generations about intellectual property. I mean, let's let's be honest. Um, most young people today they could give a flip if downloading music is illegal. Yeah, right? yeah. They know how to do it. They're capable of doing it. They do it. They trade music amongst each other, and they don't think anything of it. And if this trend continues, we are not far away at this point, Mark, from my prediction of actually locking music downloaders in jail cells. First, they came for the mod chippers. Then they came for the music downloaders. It's, I mean, it really, it's just a few steps away from this. How insane... Is this the, the big music companies would love to see that happen? They sure would. It's, it's silly. It's I mean, a losing battle. Locking their uh, customers up. Right. I mean, uh, have they been successful by locking up people who smoke marijuana? No. no. More people smoke marijuana than ever before in the yep. United States. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The idea that they want to target their customers for some sort of a retaliation or enforcement action—it's—it's just madness. And all it's really serving to do is to drive people away from purchasing their music. You want to threaten my friends with a lawsuit? Yeah. I'm less likely than ever to purchase any of your products. Yeah. Ever. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Ryan in Utah on the amp line. Hello, Ryan. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, it's it's really sad how um, the courts are set up in this regard because 
as far as I understand, the, the precedent for banning, the, making this stuff contraband is, you know, figuring out what, whatever they deem is the primary purpose of, of these devices. Sure. And so, I mean, you can't really argue that people are pirating games and using these mod chips for that purpose. Yep. But really, there is a lot of other um, uses for these technologies. I've been out of it for, for a while, but I, I've, I've modded an Xbox before, and what I did with it was I installed Linux on it and used it as a really cheap desktop computer. Really? Interesting. That's interesting. I mean, there's, there's literally thousands of third-party software that you can install in this. They have nothing to do with Sony or Microsoft or anything. They're just, you know, enthusiasts that have created this software, and I can download it, and if I've got a mod chip installed on my uh, console... I can run them. You know, and, and the outlawing of these mod chips, it's one thing that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, there's a step of a person that's only able to put one of these things in. They'd be able to solder them themselves. The next level of uh, competency in this is the guy who could build his own mod chip. I just don't see, you know, this, this is not a role of a constitutional federal government. Yeah, it's out of control. Absolutely not. I mean, this, this, this is mob rule, really. I mean, it doesn't protect my right to, ru- to run Linux. I mean, that, that, that's the role of a republic, but the democracy that we have in this regard is just saying, well, most people are using this for piracy, therefore nobody can have it. Right. Yeah, yeah. This isn't even mob rule. This is fascist mercantilist. Yeah, it really uh, is. Most Americans could care less about the intellectual property rights of uh, you know, Sony or anybody else. It's these large corporations that use their uh, lobbyists to get yep. the government involved in this st- sort of thing. The, the government, government says, hey, great, a new bureaucracy. Swell, we have something for our bureaucrats to do. Right. It's, uh, you know, they're essentially, they've turned the government into their enforcement arm for right. their, you know, their warranty department or something like that. It's really uh, absolutely insane. Uh, they're essentially saying that you don't even own your game systems anymore. That's what they, basically what they're saying. They're saying you're going out, you're paying four or $500 for a new game system, but you can't actually open it and change the guts. You don't actually own that piece of property. We and the government will tell right. you, they citizen, what you, you like can lease, do. lease it or something yeah. from them. Well, no, you're not really leasing it because <laughs> you can't take it back, but you also can't change it in any way, shape, or form now. And that is essentially removes your private property rights. You're, oh, it's outrageous. I mean, you've, got, you've got these huge license agreements that, that are attached to these consoles and the games and everything. And I, I haven't read them, but they, <laughs> they just feel totally different than, than my concept of what, what personal property is. Right. Yeah, it's outrageous. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Appreciate hearing from you. you. 800-259-9231. I bet uh, photocopiers are used to violate... Uh, uh, copyright law too. You better believe it. Should we scanners? outlaw photocopiers? Yeah, how about scanners? Scanners? We don't need those anymore. It's whatever the government decides is the primary use, and that's yeah. just wrong. How about the whole internet? I mean, the whole internet's used for violating copyright in many uh, many instances. Let's get rid of the internet while we're at it. Shut down the tubes. Uh, so the ESA goes on to you know bitch and moan about how it loses three billion dollars because of piracy and blah blah blah. They're going to work with the government, and it's uh, again it's the U.S. association dedicated to serving the business and public affairs needs of the companies publishing interactive games for video game consoles, handheld devices, personal. Computers and the internet, and it goes on to give you more information about their jackbooted thug organization. Yeah, this is—it's just wrong. It's just wrong. I would like to hear someone make someone get on the air, someone dial in at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one and ca- contradict us on this. Go I ahead. don't suspect they're going to. Take, but I, 
you know, it's not just wrong to go after these people for using their own property. It's wrong to take my tax money that I worked hard for mm. and spend it on these stupid bureaucrats toting guns in and busting people's doors in right. to be able to, to raid things. Computer they geeks. They're raiding computer geeks right. now. Raids? People are going to get bullets in the head over this crap, and it, it, you know, that's dangerous. That is not what our constitutional federal government's about. If you know, if states wanted to do this, that might be another thing. It would still be wrong, but it's it, it. You know, the federal government should not be involved at all. I absolutely agree. Would love to hear from you as we roll into hour number three of the program here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Again, you can bring up anything. Still on the way here, a tax protester has paid his property tax bill in a bit of an unusual fashion. We'll explain what that's all about. Hear from you about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Interesting little story about a tax protester in Muncie, Indiana. Kerry Malcho was so upset by his property tax bill, according to the AP, he decided to make a scene by paying it. All $12,656.07. twelve grand for property taxes? Can you taxes? believe that? I, I mean, there are people in this country that don't make twelve grand in a year. God. I presume he's got a nice house, but still, that's and, a lot of money. probably some property, too. Uh, so, that's uh, he paid it with bags of change and $1 bills. Now, normally, if you try I, to... Pay, I, I would think that you would need a trailer to, to transport all that money. I don't know how much change he used, but normally when you try to... Uh, pay with change the government gets very upset and they'll refuse it they'll, they'll, say they'll want you, you to write your name and address on it in case uh you know one of the roles is short a dime right right they'll have you ju- jump through some extra hoop uh but in this particular case he brought it sounds like a lot of bills along with him and if you're paying with with cash i i've never heard of the government actually refusing bills i never heard of that nope. i'm sure it's been done but uh, it's it's certainly an interesting way to do things malcho lugged the cash filled bags to the delaware county treasurer's office uh recently and plunked them onto the counter his unorthodox, unorthodox payment stalled the line as cashiers labored to count it by hand ha! put those bureaucrats to work he says i did it so people can physically see what twelve thousand dollars is said uh, Malcho, who has staged other recent protests to draw attention to Indiana's property tax increases. Malcho arrived at the treasurer's office about 3.30 p.m. with the money covering the bill for his Muncie home, business, and rental properties. It took all three of the office's cashiers... So his home, his business, and his rental properties. Right. 75 minutes to count out the cash. County Treasurer Warren Beebe said cashiers had to work overtime to count the money, guarded by sheriff's deputies. He said they were fast. They were hustling. They were used to counting money, but of course that left other people standing in line. It was an awkward situation. Beebe said the tax protest, now this is an interesting point. The tax protest also prevented his office from making its daily deposit at a Muncie bank. And you know what, Mark? 
it apparently cost the county an estimated $1,135. How is that? In interest that it otherwise would have accrued overnight by depositing the property tax payments collected Monday. Jeez. Can you, can you believe that your local county government is making that much money in a 24-hour period on the money they collect from you? It's incredible. I mean, <laughs> you know, and it's – with these property taxes, if you don't pay your property taxes, they take your property away. Yeah. That makes one wonder – Whose property is it anyway? Not yours. I mean, if you have to pay this uh, this organization in order to keep your property, whose property is it? Sounds like you're renting it from the government, doesn't it? It's exactly what it sounds like. It That is what you're doing. You're a glorified renter, basically. Property taxes are a hot topic this summer. Many Indiana communities, on average, homeowners can expect a, oh my goodness, 24% increase Gosh. in their property taxes statewide this year. Although many face bills that have spiked even higher, that's led to protests and complaints by residents who call the increases too high. Malcho said that when people pay by check or by an escrow account through a bank, they might not notice the amount of the bill. He says when you pay in cash, you have a tendency to feel that pain a little bit more, he said. His protest payment came a few days after state officials backed Governor Mitch Daniels' recent order for a general property tax reassessment in that county. Daniels had ordered that all property be reassessed there and in the other counties due to evidence that high percentages of commercial and industrial properties were undervalued. State officials now believe a primary reason that the residential bills significantly increased is because countywide spending went up 10.5% this year. It never stops. You know, that, as far as they're concerned, it's their money. They don't they don't care um, what they're spending it on. It just right. doesn't matter. If if you they are the they have the divine right of governments to take 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 you know and and they don't they they spend too far too much money on these projects they always come in over budget and it it's sad it's 10%. sad that that we have to put up with this government spending went up by t- over ten percent in that one county doesn't include the state government doesn't include the federal government. Property taxes up by over 24% on average. Mm. I mean, this is madness, and the only time people ever mobilize to do anything is when it seems like a significant increase. If it's just a percentage here or a percentage there, nobody ever really mobilizes for that. But uh, in this case, there are some people that are upset. There's nothing they can do. They can complain and, you know, make themselves heard at a you know county meeting or something like that. But they're not going to say, oh, you know what? We went a little too far this year. We're going to scale it back. No, instead of 24%, we're only going to do 6%. I mean, come on. Who who in government is going to do something like that? It's, I don't think that's ever happened in the history of governments. Well, one thing, even if they do, um, for one reason or another, have uh, you know lower the property taxes, it happens. They'd never get rid of a new program that they come up with. Almost right. never does a program that the government have go away. You know, maybe they don't have to build a, a new school that year so they can ratchet it down a little bit or whatever. But you can believe that the, oh, they'll one spend the, that money somewhere else. One of the schools has to get uh, updated. You know, of course, we've got several of them. We've got kids all over. We've got elementary, middle, high school, all that. It's it's sad. 800-259-9231. Have you ever engaged in a protest of a similar nature? Have you been so upset by your local property or income taxes that you've done something a little different? We'd love to hear your story. In the meantime, we go to Indianapolis and talk to Vince. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes, uh, I was going to tell you guys, uh, uh, the mayor here, the new mayor, was elected on that property tax protest here. Really? I mean, mine went up like 
38%. Good Lord. And I mean, I'm sitting there and they said, but now they're just sitting there saying, well, we can pay at the 2006 level. But we still had to pay at the 2007 bill yeah, well, during I, November. I want, to be, I want to pay at the 1986 level. <laughs> Amazing stuff. So, Vince, uh, I mean, how are people handling this? Is there any sort of organization that's fighting it actively? Well, yes, there's quite a few. Pro- uh, these citizens groups and these neighborhood organizations that, you know, one was a 5013C. Now they're getting challenged, by, you know, again, by the, the Marion County and uh, the Indiana state government are challenging that now they're um, – Tax uh, affiliations, and now the IRS is investigating this. So they're they're they're, they're put together so that they can uh, you know some get some project passed through some community organization or something like that. But now, but see, they utilize their so-called nonprofit status to criticize and harass the city government of oh, Indianapolis. And and I'll mind you, the the city council. When they wanted to talk about the tax increases, they raised the local income tax by 65%, and people came down there in droves. Yeah. They had the whole place. They had to, you know, they had to get, because they had to close part of the street off in front of the city county. What happened with that? What happened with that? Well, the city council said they weren't going to be allowed in. (laughs) <laughs> they had the police and the yeah. God knows the citizens shouldn't be allowed to listen to talk to um, you know their government officials. Mm-mm. So were they successful? Did they raise the taxes by you say sixty five percent? Yeah, the local income option income tax was raised by sixty five percent on top of the property tax increases that everybody got. Now that and what did it do? Like went from one uh, percent to one point six five or something like that? Yeah, one point six five. Right. I mean, you know what? That's that's significant, and I'm glad people came out to do it. But again, look at look at what happened. All those people mobilized. They came out to the meeting. They weren't even allowed in. The city council went and did what they were going to do anyway. And now you guys are screwed. And they're going to mm-hmm. do it again and again and again. And well, nobody no, ever runs for office. Nobody ever runs for office saying we're going to reduce. I can. I want to reduce taxes. The best you'll usually get from a city council candidate is I want to keep spending to a reasonable level. I want to keep the increases to a predictable oh, level. That sort of but nonsense. These Republicans that they that won, they're not beholden to anybody. And they said the first item of business in January is that they're going to reduce the county option income tax and they're also going to reduce the property taxes by cutting spending and cutting out the end because these people are attached so these people that they're making promises saying they're going to reduce taxes they got elected based on those i hope you'll call us next year and let us know if they actually come through vince thanks for the call dude 800-259-9231 i wouldn't cross my fingers on that more on the way oh it's an unexpected spending increase sorry guys we just can't give it back to you now we got to help the kids, you know, schools and stuff. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the Live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. We have the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts awaiting you. All kinds of different stuff to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all for free. 
bbs.freetalklive.com will get you there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI, they liberate businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI, see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231, let's talk to William in Tennessee on the Amp Line. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? I used to collect property taxes. You used to collect property taxes? Yeah, the year before I turned libertarian. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I I realized that people didn't actually own their property, and I learned that the Republicans were no different than the Democrats when a Republican would take somebody's home from them for not paying taxes. Now, how did – did you come to this realization on your own? Oh, yeah. It was was an epiphany. I was actually a volunteer for the uh, Bush-Cheney 2000 campaign. Okay. And through – you know, social networking. I got this job at a county, you know, cushy government job, mm. um, collecting taxes. And I, I was given the, I was going to be given the inside fast track, and I just thought that that was wrong. What does that mean? Like you could rise up to administrative level or something? What, what were right. you fast tracked for? I was told that I would be, um, I would be a, you know, a, a pretty good level bureaucrat. Um, as soon as I finished my bachelor's degree. How did you um, w- wrangle that? I mean, did you know somebody real well, or what was... What? I, I, I put... Um, I, I mean, I just worked my butt off for the Bush-Cheney campaign mm-hmm. uh, and uh, impressed a lot of people by my work ethic. I mean, I, I legitimately... Um, uh, the guy was impressed with me and said, uh, I want you to come work for me. Do you have a degree? And I said, no. And he said, well, just get your degree, and I'll uh, uh, get you promoted. So wow. I, it wasn't it wasn't a kind of like a quid pro quo thing. It was more of he, he saw how hard I worked, and so. How long were you at it? How long did did you have that job? Um, about seven eight months. So what um, was it that uh, I mean? What was it that uh, made you cross the line? I mean, made it so you understood that difference. The uh, you know the point about taxes and how uh, people's livelihoods were in jeopardy if they didn't pay and that sort of thing. Was there something that really hammered it home, or was it just? Well, I, I collected on delinquent taxes, people that hadn't paid in a while, mm-hmm. and it was generally people of lower income whose um, parents uh, owned their home free and clear, and through probate and uh, other issues, the property taxes would accrue, accrue to the point where the heirs couldn't even pay the property taxes wow. to have the home that their parents worked and I'm getting emotional just yeah, it's sad. About it. You know, and these these likely are the homes that those people, uh, the heirs, grew up in. Oh yes. So and part of your job was to attempt to collect from these people, and if they didn't pay, what did they have you do? Um, refer it to the legal. Yeah. So their houses were taken from. Them. Uh, you know, I got to the point where I were telling people the loopholes. Really? What I kind mean, of loopholes yeah, were there? Like, was, was there some kind of way that uh, they could pay, you know, like a portion of the taxes and stuff? Yes, if they paid like 10% of the taxes, then it would just get put to the back of the queue. Really? As far as, yeah. So if you the, only pay 10%? The, oh, 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 but, but yeah. big, big business people know this trick. The big business people know all the tricks, how much they have to pay for the government not to come after or sue them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they pay the minimum that they can pay not to get sued. 
Interesting. So if you pay this minimum, will it result in a lien put on your property at any point? Oh, yeah. There's a lien, and the property can't be sold. Right. There's another interesting story. Uh, a $22,000 property tax bill I came across for about 500 square feet of ground between the railroad tracks and the street. Wow. The parcel got divided when the railroad came through. Yeah. And the owner couldn't do anything with what the property he had left over. Right, it was so worthless. So the property just sat there accruing taxes. Oh, geez. Now there's so much taxes owed on the property, nobody would ever redeem it. And the government doesn't even want to collect on it because it's not collectible. They can't option it for anything. Interesting. So you you had an epiphany. You decided you'd had enough of taking innocent people's money, and you gave it up. Um, what was it like when you resigned? Did you give them a piece of your mind or – no, no, no. It was just uh, I'm going on to uh, do other things with my life. Yeah, was, be productive. What were some right. of the other loopholes? Um, uh, if you, uh, it took a few years um, to collect on property. Um, uh, if you can avoid getting served, that's a good thing. Running away, yeah. Right, um, because the government has to serve you papers before they can take it, but mm. it, it, it's the shady big business guys with the legal teams that um, get out of all kinds of uh, stuff uh, Very are able to settle, but the uh, it's usually the lower income people that get their houses stolen from them interesting, by the government. Interesting call, William. Thanks for the inside info, and glad you found uh, freedom instead of toiling away as a uh, faceless, heartless bureaucrat for so many <laughs> oh, years. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Thanks, dude. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Interesting you know, I story. I like uh, libertarian bureaucrats uh, a heck of a lot better than I like uh, ones that you know, simply believe the government's the best way to handle problems. Yeah, but that's got to be a tough job for it's a libertarian. absolutely I mean, got to be very, very difficult. Right. He wasn't a libertarian when he got the job, and then no. he realized the horrors that he was inflicting upon people, and he decided he couldn't when, take that. When you're a fiscal conservative, you're pretty close to a lot of the values as far as uh, libertarianism goes, and then, you know, a little bit of time in there taking people, uh, taking away people's... Uh, you know, homes from them and that kind of thing has yeah. got to be very rough. There are some other bureaucratic jobs that I think libertarians can handle much better, you know, like teacher or something else where you aren't actually s- literally stealing people's money. All right, more on the way here, 800-259-9231. To the phones and to the fun, you bring up anything. Let's talk to Becky in Keene listening on WKBK. Hey, Becky. Hi, fellas. Hey, what's on Stop your mind up. tonight? Um... I don't mean to veer off the track. I mean, that guy was a hard act There's no track here. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. So what's up? Um, you guys were talking about the limitations on cafeteria food and things like that. Yeah, that was uh, last hour. The federal government is proposing a ban on uh, sweet foods, salty foods, uh, tasty foods. I was going to say pretty much anything that tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but back in high school, I had that one teacher that I could not stay awake through. Mm-hmm. So at there had one. to be at least one soda in my bag. Okay. And I had to at least, I had to survive my midterms and my finals with a liter gallon of jolt. Wow. And about a thirty pack of pixie sticks. And I don't know <laughs> what these kids are going to do with all these restrictions and everything now. Well, they're going to do what you did. They're going to bring their own stuff and they're going to sell it. That's what I would do. Definitely. I wonder if they're going to be going I through mean, kids' um, thermoses. My fiance and I were talking just a little while ago. I have an eight-month-old daughter, mm-hmm. and when she gets school age, her father's going to teach her. This is free enterprise. You sell this to these kids, and 
put the money in a college fund. <laughs> there you go. Pay for the college fund uh, with the profits you make from selling in the gray market at uh, the government schools under the restricted <laughs> status on their food situation. Very good. Just a, exactly. just a mess. Becky, good hearing from you. Call us again sometime. We appreciate it as always. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Live Saturday edition. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features for free, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And the new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a blue LED to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get yours at zerotoys.com. And I might also mention they've got a bunch of cool kind of sci-fi, geeky kind of toys there. Yeah, they've got the little helicopters, little micro-helicopters that right. you can, um, you know, fly around and all kinds all of other kinds stuff. All kinds of neat stuff. That's, once again, zerotoys.com. Perfect time, considering it's that holiday season. 800-259-9231. We continue with the phone calls here, and we'll go to Philip in Texas, listening on KTAE. Hey, Philip. Hey, great uh, format, guys. Appreciate the... Appreciate the voice. Thanks for being there. What's uh, on your mind? Well, I'm a, a working police officer. I'm actually on duty in a small town in Central Texas, ah. and I just wanted to bring up the the, the mentality and mindset of uh, I've been doing this job ten years. Mm. Uh, prior to that, I was on a couple of radio shows myself uh, back in '94, '95 mm-hmm. time era, and I got into this to kind of see what was going on, uh, kind of as a project, and I'm. Uh, pretty much stuck here, but I just want to bring up the fact that uh, 99% of what you guys talk about is dead on. That we got guys getting into this profession just to wear a badge and play God. Mm. Ain't and it the it truth? Is, now, when you say 99%, I mean, of the people that you work with, and you said it's a small town oh, police department. Hey, there's his radio. He's a real. He sounds real authentic. So, of the people in your police department, what would you say the corruption. Is he actually on the radio? Are you okay? Yeah, there? let me cut that off there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, what would Take you say, of, of your department, what would you say the percentage is that is, uh, oh, I don't know, on the corrupt side? <laughs> well, it depends on what your description of corrupt is, and I don't mean to be loose, but, I mean, we do things like stop people walking down the street or riding a bicycle, ask them for ID, and if they can't produce ID, throw them in jail for failed ID. Wow. Really? Small town in Texas. It happens almost every day. And, you know, this to me, that's the play in God factor of this job. And it's just because we have the power to take your freedom away, uh, we're only a 10-man department with a, with a chief. Mm-hmm. And I would say 8 out of the 10, uh, that's a daily uh, daily goal is to put somebody in jail and to write as many tickets as you can. Now, what makes them pick uh, uh, a person that might be riding a bike or walking down the street? What, why, why would they pick that person? Because in this job, you're pretty much paid by your – it's a numbers game like everything else. But what makes you pick making, the particular person that they pick? Anybody anybody out walking that that uh, is walking down the side of the street or riding a bicycle? Could be anybody, huh? 
So there's uh, actually a law in Texas that ma- mandates that people show ID when uh, it's demanded of them. Well, that's 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 the whole point of my call. It, it's not really legal, but it's not illegal. If I stop you and ask you to present an ID to me, and you fail to give me an ID, it's a charge in Texas. It's called fail to ID, and you go to jail. So what is the punishment for that? I mean, beyond a night in jail, what else? I mean, is it community well, it's, it's service? Usually a fine. It, it's all about the Benjamins, as everything else is. It sure is. Uh, that's that's the whole bottom line. Is if you're not writing tickets and putting people in jail, you're not working. So if you've and got more, somebody who uh, is not going to show you their identification, you can arrest them for that. And then if you search them, you find a bag of marijuana. There's an extra charge there, right? Absolutely. And if they don't tell us before they get to the jail complex, they get a felony charge. Wow. Which How, a lot of them don't say a word. They just keep their mouth shut and won't say it. It's happened here within the last six weeks. A gentleman wouldn't tell us anything about himself. He was in, a, in a, one of our city parks late at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was seen going through a dumpster, which is not illegal, it's trash. Uh, yet when he was approached by uh, another department who called ours for backups inside our, inside our city, when he didn't produce an ID and wouldn't tell us who he was, he got hooked for failed ID, and he got to the jail. He had uh, a needle and dope paraphernalia on him. Now, mm. obviously, he is a drug addict. Uh, Clearly. That was clear to see by the way he acted, but that still doesn't mean he doesn't have rights. And I mean, it, it, I've been doing I've been doing this job 10 years. Right. It's getting worse and worse. There used to be a couple of decent guys that I worked with. Uh, both of them have quit, but I'm kind of in a situation right now I can't get out of. So why did, why did they quit? Why did they quit? Well, it was because of the BS and that we're not allowed. We can't help the people that actually need help, which is what you get into this job to do if you're, if you're a good person. You know what's uh, amazing to me is that when we talk about police issues on this show – frequently we will get people calling in saying, oh, no, no, it's just a few bad apples. It's uh, most cops, 99% of cops are good guys. They're in there trying to help people. Uh, are those the people that are just, like, running cover for the the thin blue line? They're just trying to ten, tell you a story? In ten years' experience, that's either a cop or a cop's family member that's trying to cover for him. And I, I have actually seen in the last, I'll say, three months, uh, two separate officers lie on the stand in court in a major case, and then once the case is, you know, uh, adjudicated and the, the penalties are handed out, we get together afterwards and everybody laughs about uh, yeah. uh, putting another one in jail by lying about now, it. Wow. Now, I, we were, so, I we've mean, been told by uh, police officers that they, in fact, give a sort of training. Now, I'm not saying that it's called uh, lying on the stand training, but they, they sort of they, they teach you how to... Uh, be on the stand, and then um, somehow that that works into lying on the stand. It, do you? Uh, would you corroborate that in any way? Well, yes and no. There's not really a class in it, but you're taught how to answer questions uh, because 99% of the lawyers, which are in it to make nothing but money, it's, it's like I said, it's all a money game. Sure it is. The lawyers are in there to tear up the police officer's credibility so he can get his client off mm-hmm. to, to, to make more phone calls at 65 bucks a pop and you know, 250 bucks an hour for his work and time. Right. right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just, a, it's a money game. Everything the whole thing is, is, is a scam. The whole thing. Exactly. And, and yeah. you know what? It's interesting that whenever honest cops call in like you, uh, we get the same story. And the same story well, is always that the corruption rises through the ranks. That the administrators are usually more corrupt than the lower level officers. That the good guys, the guys like you that got in to make a difference and actually help people and catch the real bad guys, the guys like you end up getting frustrated by the system, frustrated by the corruption and the bureaucracy, and they end up quitting, which of course means that, again, more bad guys can move in and, and move up through the ranks. Is anything that, that, inaccurate about that? No, sir. That's my point entirely. It, it's the, the guys like myself 
Uh, and, and if I had a way to get out right now, I'd be gone tomorrow morning. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm I'm not allowed to, and I'm on this shift. Uh, I work 7P to 7A, and I've been on it forever because I do try to help people. I don't see color different. I don't see black and white and brown and red and all that. You're just an individual, and the law should be adjudicated equally amongst the citizens that we actually work for, and yet that's not, not the way it works. How do you and, feel? And like I said, I'm in a small town, and see, it's even worse in the bigger towns. So, really? Yeah, you know, I can believe that. I don't know what to tell you guys, but keep hammering on the hammer. And, uh, well, like Philip, said, you I'll... keep it up. You're doing a fine job. I'm glad you're still out there, even though you're forced, you know, you feel like you're in a situation. But it's it, it makes me feel good to know that there's still at least a handful of, of uh, police like you out there somewhere in America. And so when I say things like, you know, you pretty much have to presume the cop is bad until proven otherwise, that's pretty much the case, isn't it? I would totally agree, and I would say one thing. Like I said, I'm, I've been doing this 10, 10 years, and I probably know, in my local area, I probably know around 30, 35 uh, officers in different departments, and I you know, probably know 150, 200 cops uh, peripherally from being a cop and going to schools and stuff like that. And I, I would say the vast majority, the vast majority, 80 to 85, 90 percent at least, uh, are in it for nothing but the power and because they don't pay us anything. I've been doing this job 10 years, and I barely make uh, 16 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pay's not good. You do it for the power, and the, and I can lord it over somebody well, else. Well, sure, and there's perks, right too, right? I mean, there's perks if, you, uh, if you're willing to take a little bit of cash or a little bit of drugs here and there and move it over to people that can move them for you, that sort of thing. You can get a little money on the side, right? Well, I, I, like I said, I'm in a small town. I've honestly not ever seen that actually happen uh, in my 10 years, but I know it does go on. Yeah, and you're damn right it does. rumors. Well, there's always rumors of certain people that, that never get in trouble and, and uh, can, can keep delivering. we got a guy that delivers dope here from Houston once a week. He's been doing it for seven years, and everybody in the whole county knows it, and the guy continues to do it. He's a protected individual. Now, yeah. He's getting paid off, I couldn't tell you. He must know it's somebody. Just, he's got to know somebody, you know. That's how absolutely. it works. The, the cops, uh, where I come from down in Florida, uh, there is one sheriff down there that sort of runs the whole drug operation in his county, and every drug dealer, uh, you know, they... They've got to get approval, essentially, to go and, and deal drugs in his county. Otherwise, they're subject to arrest. That stuff really goes on. This isn't fantasy. Thanks for the call, dude. We hope to hear from you again. Keep us in the loop what goes on down there. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. If you want to chime in at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. If you're enjoying the program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping. It is the holiday season. That means you're probably going to be buying more stuff than you normally do, whether it's uh, something you need for life or something you're just getting for a friend or family member as a gift. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com and start your shopping experience there. You know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer, 41 categories to shop in, everything from their huge selection of books and DVDs all the way to big items like furniture, high-dollar electronic devices. I mean, it's all there. It's like the biggest department store ever. And if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So you've got to do the shopping. You might as well do it through that link. Get a great deal. Free Super Saver shipping on many items. Once again, that's amazon.freetalklive.com. And it is the perfect storm. The Free State Project, the most critical presidential election in living memory, and the New Hampshire primary. You know you're going to the Liberty Forum, right? You don't want to miss this critical moment in history. The time to register is right now, tonight. Or tomorrow. The special low rate at the hotel ends this coming Monday, so literally less than 
I don't know, 36 hours, less than uh, 30 hours or so. Not very long off. Uh, the time to register is right now. The low rate's going to end. After that, the hotel's going to go up due to the d- incredible demand for rooms in New Hampshire because of the presidential primary. So it's not just the Liberty Forum that's going on. It's it's literally a couple days after the forum is over, the primary's happening. So right. there could be all kinds of people in town, and those rooms are going to sell out quick. So if you want to get the special rate and a 10% discount off of registering for the forum, go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use this code to get the 10% discount. 2008 FTL. All one word, 2008 FTL. You'll save 10%, and we'll see you at the 2008 Liberty Forum. All right, so let's go right into the phone calls here. Bill in Connecticut is on the line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Bill. Bill, Connecticut. Sounds like he's driving. Bill? Yeah. Let's try John in Salem. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Salem, New Hampshire, John. Hello. Hey there. What's hey, on your mind? Got to tell you, this is the strangest Free Talk Live program I ever heard. Why really? is that? Nobody has bothered to call in to mention that the issue with the government feeding our children is that the we have the government feeding our children. <laughs> <laughs> they are putting. We all know that they are putting mush into their heads. Why are we letting them put poison into their bodies? Why anyone would allow? Call, the... I did not call to get into an issue of which foods are better and which are worse. Sure. But I'll tell you this, if I have a choice between some activists and some corporate lobbyists who are pushing the government to push certain things on our children, I think I might listen to the activists at least a little bit. Well, I don't know, man. The problem Uh, is the whole system might be a scam where they're pitting one group against yeah. another. They Why all have an agenda. Why are we doing this to our children? Get the children out of those schools if you can. Absolutely. If you care about your kids and you can somehow pull it off, afford it, there's no better solution than homeschooling or, you know, even uh, it's it's not as good of a solution as homeschooling, but it's better than government schools, private schools, is sort of the in-between option. Let, let me repeat for the listeners in case they didn't get it. We know that they are putting mush into their heads. Why are we letting them poison their bodies? Brilliant point, well? John. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. I wouldn't let the government feed me. No way. Let's continue. Let's try Bill again. He should be back in Connecticut. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, well, thank you all for what you all do. What's What's uh, up, Bill? Go ahead. Respond to a point that you all made on Saturday, or the callers have made as well, about how to fund the police and the fire departments. Um, and as you're through that point, I'm going, well, wait a minute. There's an obvious way because I do it for a living. Um, Tell us about gambling it. Facilities. What, uh, what's that? Gambling facilities. Gambling facilities, uh, okay. Where I live, uh, we have a facility where we have bingo gaming, and uh, we have a fire department that's in there right now. And in the past, we've had uh, numerous fire departments. We've had police departments in there. And just as it is, they make a you know unfathomable amount of money and uh, take away the government regulation that's put into place. Uh, you know, to uh, limit how much money they can make and how much they can, uh, you know, pay out. Yeah. And it would just be, I mean, it would be unheard of. Well, it's an interesting idea. I mean, it's certainly not free market related, but it's certainly a different uh, version of funding than what we have today. It's voluntary, um, voluntary funding. 
Uh, well, not yeah. on the card of the oh, not on the part of the casino. They have to. They're being forced to uh, to pay that uh, percentage or whatever it is to the department. Uh, but it's voluntary, no, no, no. in that the people go and gamble there. It isn't really voluntarily. Our like our facility, for example, any uh, any uh, not for profit organization can uh, uh, hold games in our facility. Uh, for example, there's a uh, organization that does. Uh, uh, helps people charitably, you know, that, uh, pay bills and things like So the like casino that. isn't being forced to do this. They are choosing to do it as a sort of a civic sort of duty or civic-minded uh, con- uh, concept. Well, uh, and it's on a rent basis as well. So they are getting, you know, the, the facility does make money off of renting out the building. Huh. But uh, the organizations that are in there are there of their own volition. Interesting. And whatever, whatever money they make is their money just as long as they pay the bill. Very good. Uh, Bill, thanks for uh, sharing, man. Your, your cell phone's a little rattly, so I've got to let you go, but thanks for the, the, uh, the idea. 1-800-259-9231. Interesting. Sounds like uh, certainly a more voluntary option. Maybe may not be perfect, but he's saying that the police department would essentially rent the facility and utilize its tables and that sort of thing to raise money for itself. Of course, the money would to rent the facility probably coming from tax dollars. But again, less, uh, less force is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? It's moving in the right direction, I suppose. I'm for that. Uh, but still, I think the uh, the true solution is to marketize those programs, fire and police protection, and have them fund themselves 100% on a voluntary basis, like everyone else does in the marketplace. Every other business person operates on a voluntary basis, and sh- and so should they. And that would completely change the way the system operates. We were just talking to a police officer moments ago on the program who told you, from his experience in the last 10 years... The corruption continues to get worse. These cops are just out of control. They aren't interested in customer service. They don't even have customers in reality. But if we change the system from a coercive funding method, which is what government normally does, to a voluntary funding uh, funding method, then all of a sudden these unaccountable bureaucrats will become accountable business people instead of bureaucrats. And it will completely change the structure of the system, the way they treat their customers, and so on and so forth. It's, hmm. a, it's really fascinating to think about the fundamental changes that would make in the system. It wouldn't attract the power freaks because they wouldn't have power anymore. They would only have power in the event that someone violated another person's rights and had to be taken in. Mm-hmm. That would be the only issue where they would actually have the ability to snatch somebody from the streets and put them in a cell for a night uh, or two or four or whatever. So 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, I'm getting ready to go to China again. All right. Another two weeks or so, and uh, this time my mission is to find a stop sign. <laughs> Remember, I mentioned to you once before that uh, uh, in all my trips to China, I realized I'd never seen a stop sign. Hmm. I was wondering, well, why do we need stop signs anyway? Yeah. We really don't. But um, I did find out since then that they do have something called a stop sign. It looks more like our yield sign. It's an orange, uh, yellow triangle, and it just has the character stop on it. Now, mm-hmm. I've never seen one of those either. Interesting. But I'm going to start looking and see if I can find me one. I would think that that triangle with stop on it would mostly be at the gate to some kind of a... Uh, Government you know, facility? Yeah, a facility where you have to stop at a little check booth or something to get in. Now, do they have I, other traffic control devices like uh, traffic lights and that sort of thing? Oh, yeah, they got lights. And, right. uh, they have uh, police officers standing on little blocks in the middle of the islands. Uh, less and less of that now. It's mostly tra- uh, police, uh, mostly traffic lights. 
But there's a lot of intersections that are just uncontrolled, and mm. people manage to get through them without killing themselves. Isn't it amazing, so, Gene? I mean, can you imagine is. that? And I remember when I was younger, we didn't have that many four-way stops. I don't, in fact, I never, don't think I ever saw a four-way stop as a child. Most of them were either two-way stops, and a lot of them didn't even have stop signs on either way. They yeah. would have a yield sign. One, yep. mm. one that's way the sensible yield, thing. That's the, the other way would have the right of way. Right. And a yield manage. sign allows people to use their discretion, whereas a stop sign is nothing but an excuse for revenue collection. Yep. It gives you a, tic- a reason to write a ticket and bring that money into the coffers, and that's right. the only reason for it. Yep. In fact, I, I see people, they have got this stop sign so engraved in their head that at 3 a.m., you know, they will, there's no cars anywhere. There's right. no headlights, nothing. They will make a full stop at that stop sign. Must obey. Yeah, yeah it, it's even obey. worse stop lights in the middle of the night. What oh, the God. hell are you supposed to do? Those things will sit there for three minutes. You're just yeah. waiting Canada for nothing. Good, Canada has a good program. At nighttime, their lights start blinking red one way and yellow Sometimes the other Sometimes that way. happens. That used to happen down in uh, Sarasota where Some we places. used to live. Gene, thanks, dude. We're out of time. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We will return Monday night, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.